Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody. This is Jeremy Evans, your host of Believe in Sports Law via the Believe Podcast Network. Today is Monday, July 20th, 2020. Hope that you had a wonderful weekend and appreciate you listening in to the show. So today we have an interesting topic, and it is on how the Writers Guild of America has entered into a, a deal with the talent agency UTA, or United, United, United Talent Artist. And uh, they've made a deal which essentially ends the litigation between uh, themselves between the WGA and UTA. And uh, this is really a big uh, and important time because as a little bit of history and background on this, the Writers Guild and the big four agencies, CAA, WME, UTA, and uh, ICM partners had all got into a uh, litigation um with, with the WGA, the, between each other, between the agencies and the Writers Guild. And ultimately, um, uh, they could not come to a solution. Uh, and, and what had happened was all the writers were essentially not uh, able to use their agents to broker deals. Now, of course, with COVID going on, a lot of the production has been down. But uh, ultimately, them not having a deal in place hurt. And it hurt in the sense that um, the writers and the agencies were not allowed to work together to get things done uh, as normally happens in Hollywood. And it's just a really interesting thing that this deal came in the way that it did. Uh, Obviously, it's it's a great move forward. And there's a lot of repercussions to this, which we'll get in today uh, on the show. So again, thanks for listening in, folks. Uh, today we're talking about the Writers Guild and the agency UTA uh, coming together to make a compromise and um, getting out of the litigation between uh, each other. So this deal is significant, if not for anything else, but for the fact that when you're comparing this season, this time to last year, production in Los Angeles is down 97.8%. So it is literally, and obviously this is this number is picked up. This is probably more like June was ninety seven point eight percent, according to an, an article in the Hollywood Reporter. But uh, it just goes to show you how much COVID has affected everything in terms of the government shutdowns, and and so it's just it's an interesting time, and so down almost a hundred percent on production compared to last year, and. Um, you know, ultimately you need production to create content, right? Content that you might watch on Netflix or Hulu or HBO Max or whatever it might be. So it is some welcome news. It's some good news to see this deal come together between WGA and UTA. Um, and of course, there's one thing to keep in mind here, and is that it's that writers are at the forefront and foundation of all good content. When you're talking about enjoying good content from a consumer standpoint, uh, getting awards and all those sorts of things. Writers don't get that much credit in the sense of they get their credit, but it's, they don't necessarily get the notoriety. And so it's something to think about 
um, when you're thinking about good content to see where it comes from. And almost all good content starts with, the, you know, with a book, a treatment, or some sort of script, right? And of course, once the writing is done, uh, then you can get into production and distribution. But that almost always follows some sort of, some level of foundational written content. Now, uh, unfortunately, the dispute that was happening between the writers and their agents over, which was essentially packaging fees and a code of conduct that the WGA wanted to implement, which alleged, alleged uh, multiple conflicts of interest between agents and production studios, um, it resulted in litigation. And of course, um, with production being down as it was, when you, when you take away writers from using their agents who normally broker the deals with the studios, you know, it, it just, it, it creates, it creates a, a, a even more negative situation, if you will. Now, um, the importance of writing was really highlighted because uh, during the impasse between, um, between the WGA and between the um, different, uh, I guess you would call it the Association of Talent Agents, the ATA, um, you had a situation where, you know, again, production's down, but you also had this idea of writers not being able to create content insofar as the deals were not being done. And just for a little bit, a bit of background, when we're talking about the ATA, we're talking about, and I know we have a lot of acronyms in this, in this show, but um, uh, such as Hollywood, uh, the big four agencies we're really talking about is Creative Artist, Artist Agency, CAA, William Morris Endeavor, which is WME, International Creative Partners, which is ICM Partners, and United Talent Artist. Uh, which is UTA. Now, UTA has left that group uh, in the sense of they've settled, uh, created a deal with, uh, with the WGAs, and they're no longer involved in that litigation. Now, it is of note that the Hollywood Reporter did um, provide that other smaller agencies, not on that sort of big four level, had already entered into deals with the WGA, namely Paradigm, APA, Gersh, Verve, Kaplan Stoller, uh, Culture Creative Entertainment, uh, Bookwald, uh, A3 Artist Agency, uh, which was formerly Abrams, and uh, Rotham uh, Brecker. So again, all smaller agencies, but they had also entered into deals with WGA on a previous basis. And they were similar type deals, which we'll get into here. Now, again, as we mentioned, film production had stopped, but since June 12th, it has picked back up. And this, this happened because ultimately the governor and the mayor of Los Angeles opened up production, and that has not stopped. That continues to this day, even though internal activities are limited. But film production continues. And I'd be curious to see what the numbers are, uh, you know, post-June 12th, once those numbers become available. But in that, Los Angeles County uh, Health Department essentially came up with some guidelines and also SAG-AFTRA, the Actors Union, uh, came up with some guidelines that were backed up by the California Governor's Office and uh, LA City Mayor, uh, the Mayor's Office. So this is where we are. You know, we have sort of uh, production now coming back, and of course with writers uh, now being able, at least writers at UTA and some of these smaller agencies, it really gets the ball rolling, right? And uh, of course. Um, you know, UTA now has its template to begin working with WGA uh, to put those scripts into production. And um, so as a sort of as a recap in the sense of 
what the deal is or what the deal um, what the deal is between uh, WTA or sorry um, WGA and uh, UTA is there's really sort of three major points that come out of this and there's some there's some repercussions to this which we'll get into but ultimately the three points are that and this is again the deal between WGA and UTA is one that it protects the confidential information and privacy of WGA members the writers this is very important especially in the era of the California Consumer Privacy Act or the CCPA and sort of this idea pushed towards privacy and keeping things private and keeping people um, you know protected I, I think that um, you know this is these are all very good things right in terms of protecting confidentiality and keeping people um, you know keeping their privacy and of course this was a big deal for the um, for the, the WGA so that was sort of point one. The second point is that it eliminated the practice of uh, packaging talent. Now, of course, this idea of packaging talent really derives itself from this idea that, you know, let's say you have a producer, right? And you have a production studio and that producer or that production studio essentially says, well, you know, we work with this actor and we work with um, you know, this uh, director and this writer, and we can package them together, which one hand may make it less expensive to the studio, but also it makes it easier to produce something, right? Because you can come with a package of talent. The problem with this is, and this is, was the allegation by WGA, the union, the writer's union, is that it sometimes allows for the um, lack of disclosure when you're talking about financial interest with different production studios and agencies and um, and frankly may lower the value of writers because at the end of the day you don't really hear about writers you hear about directors you hear about actors and writers do get their credit so to speak on the screen um, but uh, they're generally mostly behind the scene and or behind the screen uh, if you will so uh, that was point two now the interesting caveat to this is that there's a condition to it. The only way that UTA will agree to eliminating, eliminating the practice of packaging talent is if WME, CAA, or ICM partners, one of, if one of those um, agencies, talent agencies that represent uh, literary talent agree to a similar provision. So that's a very important condition. So UTA is only going to agree to eliminating the practice of packaging talent if one of the other big four agencies also does the same thing. The last and third point was that the disclosure of financial terms to writer clients uh, where agencies have exi existing production entities that involve the WGA and the writers and that furthermore only a minority profit participation will be allowed in, in production studios. So we no longer, we will no longer have uh, majority stakes in production studios uh, from agencies. And again, this is this whole idea of keeping things separate, uh, keeping the distribution line uh, clean, but also separate and a production line as well. And so um, some very important points. Now, the sort of repercussions to this or the aftermath of this and sort of some, some 
sort of highlights, I guess, is that the above deal that we're talking about, the three points we mentioned, um, it does one important thing, but does it does not do another thing. The, the one thing that it does not do is UTA decided to not sign the WGA's code of conduct, uh, which was this sort of um, longer document that uh, WGA wanted the agencies to sign on to, which eliminated conflict of interest and eliminated the practice of packaging. And there was a few other things in there. Um, and it was just a lot more in depth. So this was, this was a compromise. And I think both parties have admitted that, uh, the WGA and UTA. The second thing that it uh, does do, which is good, is that UTA and WGA will both dismiss their claims against the other and the ongoing lawsuit between WGA and the other major agencies. So it'll be interesting to see if WME, CAA, or ICM decide to get out of this, uh, get out of the litigation as well and sign on like UTA did, or whether they continue to move forward. So we'll see. Um, another caveat to this and another point to this is that specifically with regard to point three, which with regard with regards to the disclosure of financial terms when you're talking about um, you know, production studios and disclosing those deals with the writers and avoiding conflicts of interest is that the justice, U.S. Justice Department, which investigates, you know, antitrust law violations, uh, is currently investigating tech, social media, and advertising companies like Google for antitrust activities, but has been a little more open to entertainment companies when it comes to the distribution line and production line uh, which was normally separated by the Paramount decrees, which was a 19, I think, 41 or 42 case that essentially said that a production and or distribution house could not also own a theater. Now, of course, with streaming and everything else, uh, the idea of distribution being limited um, has somewhat changed, right? Because there's a lot of ways to distribute content. But that being said, I don't think it's a far-fetched idea to see the Justice Department continue to expand its investigation, especially in entertainment production companies and agencies, if they continue to develop those relationships and take on majority ownership. Um, and this will be especially true if the result of those relationships between these major production studios and big-time agencies uh, is a restraint on free trade and or free speech in producing and distributing content. So uh, overall, I think uh, the deal is a good thing. I think that it is um, nice to see UTA and WGA come together on this and to find uh, some mutual ground with which to work. Um, and it's also great for the economy because I think ultimately getting people back to work and getting production going and frankly, to have good production, you need good content, and that good content comes from writers. So that's the show for this week, folks. Again, I'm your host, Jeremy Evans. I hope you've enjoyed uh, this week's show discussing the, writer guild, the Writers Guild and the uh, talent agency UTA making a deal and getting out of their litigation that's been ongoing for some time, and um, namely getting rid of uh, uh, potential for packaging, uh, protecting the privacy of WGA members and the disclosure of financial terms where agencies are buying into or have bought into production studios, which are now limited at minority status only, meaning you can only be a minority owner, uh, minority profit owner to be specific. 
So folks, uh, overall, I think this is great uh, to see some of this litigation come to an end. Uh, it's great for UTA and its clients. It's great for UTA and its employees. And, um, you know, definitely a big round of applause to getting this deal done uh, to those folks. Well, that's, that's this week's show and uh, appreciate everybody listening and uh, look forward to being back with you uh, next week. Again, this is Believe in Sports Law with your host, Jeremy Evans, via the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.